Welcome to this week's Three Shifts Edition by Six Pages, the source for far-reaching market shifts and what they mean. It's August 14th, 2020. Here are the three shifts that you need to know this week. One, Uber and Lyft may suspend services in California if they have to classify drivers as employees. Two, Facebook brings payments and financial services under a new Facebook financial umbrella. Three, all roads lead to e-commerce as retailers invest in fulfillment and online assortment. Shift one, Uber and Lyft may suspend services in California if they have to classify drivers as employees. On August 10th, a California judge ruled that Uber and Lyft were in violation of Assembly Bill 5, AB 5, and ordered them to convert their drivers to employees, in agreement with a suit filed by the California Attorney General in May 2020. AB 5, which took effect on January 1st, 2020, is the California state law codifying a stringent version of the quote-unquote ABC test, determining whether a worker is a contractor or an employee entitled to employee benefits. Uber and Lyft have taken the perspective since the law went into effect that their drivers are able to meet the ABC test. Now they have 10 days to appeal before enforcement of the injunction. In response, both Uber and Lyft have said they will suspend services in California if forced to reclassify the over 200,000 Uber drivers and 325,000 Lyft drivers in the state, citing operational complexity and costs. Uber, as a point of reference, previously estimated that classifying all their drivers as employees globally would raise costs by 20%. In California, prices could go up by as much as 120% in less populated areas, according to an Uber analysis. The injunction comes at a challenging time, with Uber recently reporting a 29% decline in revenue and Lyft an even steeper 61% decline year over year. Both companies, along with DoorDash, Instacart, and Postmates, are spending a combined $110 million on the upcoming Proposition 22 ballot initiative during the November 3rd election, which could classify app-based drivers as contractors. It would also enact certain labor policies, such as a net earnings floor of 120% of minimum wage, based on engaged time, healthcare subsidies, and accident insurance. According to Uber, over 75,000 of its drivers support Prop 22. Both Uber and Lyft cite a survey suggesting drivers may prefer to be independent by a 4-to-1 margin. Lyft, at least, has implied that it is waiting on the outcome of Prop 22 to decide whether it will continue to operate in California. Shortly before this week's court ruling, Uber CEO Dara Khosrowshahi penned an op-ed in the New York Times contending that classifying drivers as employees would result in fewer jobs, less driver flexibility, higher ride prices, and fewer cities with access to ride-hailing services. He proposed an alternative, state-mandated benefits funds that give workers additional payments for their choice of benefits, such as paid time off. Khosrow Shahi points to survey results indicating that health insurance, which is often cited by policymakers, is not among the top five benefits requested by drivers. Gig companies would be required to pay into the funds, and workers could draw on them based on hours worked. With the current situation highlighting gig workers' vulnerability to economic shock, we're seeing greater acceptance of the need to provide gig workers with some backstop and security. During the pandemic, app-based delivery firms such as Uber and Lyft have come forward to offer gig workers up to two weeks of sick pay. Also emerging are new models for portable benefits that offer some of the advantages of employment while retaining flexibility, and a growing set of startups offering HR-like services to gig workers such as health insurance and retirement plans. 
The stakes here are high for all the gig economy businesses. The outcome in California will be the canary in the coal mine for the shifting regulatory landscape in other states, many of which have versions of the ABC test in place and are considering more stringent rules. To read more content related to Uber and the gig economy, check out our May 15th, 2020, Three Shifts edition, Uber Strengthens Its Grip on the Mobility Ecosystem, and our January 10th, 2020 brief, Uber and the gig economy are facing headwinds. Shift 2. Facebook brings payments and financial services under a new Facebook financial umbrella. Facebook earlier this week revealed it was formalizing a new group called Facebook Financial, F2, to house all of its payment and financial services efforts under one umbrella. The group will be headed by David Marcus, whose prior roles included being president of PayPal, VP and head of Facebook Messenger, and more recently, co-creator of Libra, Facebook's controversial cryptocurrency project for global payments, and the head of its associated digital wallet, Novi, formerly Calibra. In addition to the cryptocurrency initiatives Libra and Novi, other initiatives under the Facebook financial umbrella include Facebook Pay and WhatsApp Pay. Facebook Pay is the service launched in November 2019 to facilitate payments to individuals and businesses across Facebook's ecosystem of apps, currently available on the Facebook app globally and also on Messenger and Instagram in the U.S. WhatsApp Pay is a coming messaging-based payment service that rides on Facebook Pay's infrastructure and has lately been stalled by regulatory hurdles in India and Brazil. WhatsApp's top two markets with over 400 million users and over 120 million users, respectively. The emphasis on payments is part of the broader push by Facebook for greater interoperability across its portfolio of apps, including Facebook, Messenger, Instagram, and WhatsApp. Over the past year, Facebook has brought all its apps under one branded house and embarked on plans to integrate the back ends of its messaging services to be interoperable. The Facebook Financial Reorg comes soon after the launch of the Facebook Shop storefront for small businesses and announcement of WhatsApp businesses' growth and 50 million-plus merchant users. Shops and WhatsApp business help Facebook benefit from data, advertising spend, and merchant fees on one side of the marketplace. Payment services such as Facebook Pay, WhatsApp Pay, and Libra and Novi will make it easier for users to spend money on the other side. Collectively, the offerings will help nurture a lower friction experience designed to keep Facebook's over 3 billion users within its app ecosystem and fortify its advertising walled garden. Payments are foundational to tech ambitions and most versions of the super app strategy. Certainly, Facebook seems to believe that payments combined with interoperability will advance its strategic flywheel. Facebook, however, faces headwinds in consumer trust and regulatory scrutiny, as seen in the continued delays with WhatsApp Pay. Given the regulatory complexity associated with launching financial services globally and Facebook's payments ambitions, it makes sense that Facebook is unifying efforts under experienced executive David Marcus. Facebook Financial effectively formalizes the company's recognition of the sheer scale of the challenge. To read more content related to Facebook and tech players expanding into financial services, check out our May 22, 2020, Three Shifts edition, Facebook Pushes into Social Commerce with the Shop Storefront. And our December 13th, 2019 brief, tech players expand their ecosystems through payments and financial services. Shift 3. All roads lead to e-commerce as retailers invest in fulfillment and online assortment. As survival as a retailer becomes increasingly reliant on e-commerce, 
large players are ramping up investments in delivery, fulfillment, and online product assortment. Just in the past week, major retailers such as Walmart, Lowe's, Amazon, and Kroger have revealed significant plans for new e-commerce initiatives and fulfillment expansions, signaling a lasting transition to an e-commerce-led new normal. Walmart, which has been investing heavily in its e-commerce business, announced a new partnership with Instacart for same-day delivery from Walmart stores to Instacart customers, starting in four U.S. cities in California and Oklahoma. According to Instacart, the new partnership will expand its assortment with, quote, thousands of items, from groceries, alcohol and pantry staples, to home decor and improvement, personal care, electronics, and more, end quote, which will be delivered to customers' doors in as little as an hour. Walmart, in turn, gets to leverage Instacart's rapidly growing shopper network, which may be as large as over 750,000 shoppers, in its quest for lower-cost same-day delivery. Lowe's revealed this week that it would add, quote, dozens of distribution and shipment handling sites, end quote, as part of the five-year $1.7 billion plan announced in 2018 to overhaul its supply chain. The expansion will include four new e-commerce fulfillment centers over the next 18 months, seven bulk distribution sites for large-sized items, and 50 cross-dock terminals where larger items can be sent directly to customers. Lowe's's goal is two-day delivery for, quote, nearly 100% of its customers, end quote, and improving the out-of-stock issues that have slowed its growth. Amazon is in talks with the largest mall owner in the U.S., Simon Property Group, to turn spaces formerly occupied by anchor tenant department stores into fulfillment centers. The deal would focus on the large retail spaces, typically over 100,000 square feet per store, formerly occupied by JCPenney, 63 locations, and Sears, 11 locations, both of which have filed for bankruptcy. Simon could rent the spaces to Amazon for as little as $4 up to $19 per square foot, compared to the Wall Street Journal's estimate of less than $10 per square foot for warehouses. For Amazon, the mall spaces are attractive for fulfillment because of their proximity to residential suburbs, enabling faster last-mile delivery. This isn't the first time Amazon has shown interest in mall space. It opened several large distribution centers in Ohio on former mall sites in 2019. Kroger, the largest pure-play grocery chain in the U.S., also announced this week it plans to launch a third-party e-commerce marketplace in late 2020, in partnership with e-commerce platform developer Miracle. The platform, which builds upon its Kroger ship service launched in August 2018, will offer an initial product assortment of over 50,000 SKUs, including household items and toys. Similar to Amazon and Walmart's marketplace, Kroger can benefit from product sales, merchant fees, expanded assortment, access to consumer data, and advertising revenue. Kroger launched a self-service advertising platform in 2017 and has ambitions to provide better attribution for advertisers. Kroger's announcement takes place as Amazon is on the defense for its practices associated with its third-party marketplace. Amazon continues to be the player to beat, with other retailers attacking weaker points such as its ability to forward-deploy inventory near-end customers and its relationships with third-party sellers. Amazon, of course, is not standing still and is investing in more than mall spaces. To read more content related to e-commerce and Walmart, check out our June 19th, 2020 Three Shifts edition, Walmart will integrate with Shopify, adding 1,200 Shopify merchants to its third-party marketplace. And our March 26th, 2020 brief, grocery delivery, e-commerce, and the renewal of Walmart. That's it for this week's Three Shifts Edition. If you'd like to read more Six Pages content and you're not already subscribed, 
Head to sixpages.com to sign up for free summaries of our deeply researched briefs and the three shifts edition straight to your inbox. Keep an eye out for our upcoming brief on the future of stock exchanges. And talk to you again on next week's Three Shifts Edition.